and welcome to the 119th episode of Downtime Podcast. Today, I have my, a guest, my brother Jordan. Hello, Jordan. How's it going? Doing good. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, back again. Uh, so, today we kind of have like a short agenda. It's not going to be too long of a podcast unless we start rambling, which I think at the very end we're going to ramble Maybe, about something yeah. that we love. <laughs> um, so, uh, what are you playing? What are you playing right now? Um, so I'm playing Risk of Rain 2. Have you heard of that? Yes. It's a uh, roguelike, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it came out a while ago. Uh, it's a sequel to one of my favorite games, Risk of Rain, obviously. Um, but yeah, like it's a roguelike game. There's not too much content, although this recent update, they added like a ton of new stuff, uh, including like alternate skins for characters and alternate mm-hmm. abilities so you can like do different builds and stuff. Um, but yeah, like it's a... Uh, if you like roguelike games, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, there's, uh, and I, if you're not familiar with the genre, the, basically the the basic premise is uh, you go in as a certain type of character uh, and you collect items as you progress through levels and fight monsters. Uh, and then if you die, there's permadeath, so you lose everything. So each uh, each run you do, you try to get as far as possible and unlock new stuff, basically. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's your typical roguelike. Yeah, typical roguelike. Um, except uh, compared to the first Risk of Rain, this one is 3D, which is really cool. And uh, it's very stylized. Uh, and there's like all kinds of crazy abilities you can use. So it's yeah, it's it's really fun. Awesome. That's so cool. Is that the only thing you're playing? Are you still playing uh, No Man's Sky? Uh, a little bit. Uh, some of my friends have dropped off of it. Um, but we are waiting on the Destiny 2 Shadow Keep update, which is coming this October, October 1st, okay. which is not too far away. Yeah, yeah So yeah. a lot of my friends were kind of waiting on that, which is one of the reasons why we didn't buy Borderlands 3. I was going to get into that, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I do have two friends who are very much against the Epic Game Store. I'm kind of whatever about it now. Okay. Uh, but yeah, two of my friends, they're very much against the Epic Game Store, so they're not going to buy it until it comes out on steam and like i don't want to play it without them so i'm just kind of waiting for it to come out on steam and then plus again we all play destiny 2 together which is mm-hmm. also a looter shooter so we're probably just gonna be playing destiny for a while to kind of fill that void and yeah, then, yeah, when, yeah. then when borderlands 3 comes out on steam we'll we'll play it there you're getting your fix i see yeah yeah so you gotta wait till april i mean it's kind of yeah, far away but yeah. still but i mean there'll be other games to play in the meantime so it's whatever yeah that's true um, but yeah, no, it, it came out and people are saying it's kind of buggy. Yeah. I heard the optimization is bad, which like every triple a game that comes out nowadays, that seems to be the case, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like it comes out and it's just poorly optimized. Like yep. every, like almost every game I've seen triple a come out, like that's the case. So it's like, what are they testing it on? Are they testing these things on like $5,000 computers and it's like, Oh, it runs fine. And then when everyone else gets it on their normal computers, it's terrible. Like, or do they know it's poorly optimized and they release it anyways? Like, like what's going on? Right. There's always like day one patches, even for like single player games too. Yeah. Like, like Horizon Zero Dawn, Last of Us, Yakuza, Judgment. Like, anytime you pop a game in and you and you put the game on your hard drive, there's always a day one patch. I'm like, okay, what are they fixing? And like, it's a single player game. What do they need to fix? Yeah. Didn't they already fix this? Shouldn't it already be playable? I don't know. It's just developers think it's just so easy to just put it out there and just be like, okay. This game is out there. We'll just fix it later. You know, it's like yeah. taking a photo or making a movie. And you're like, we'll just fix it in post. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's just one of the downsides of like live service games is yeah. they kind of rush it because they know they could just update it later, which uh, I mean, there's some pros and cons to that. 
but yeah a lot of developers yeah nowadays just seem to have not sufficiently tested their product before they release it yeah exactly it's it sucks it's terrible and they need to fix it it's one of the many problems the gaming industry has yeah but you know to the average gamer and the general audience they don't care about that they're like oh i got an update to do gotta go do it or like you know like i I prefer console because i don't want to worry about all this other stuff you know whatever yeah uh and i know not everyone can say this but i wouldn't mind paying a little extra or even waiting a little extra just for a game to be quality, you know? Yeah. Like, like, as long as it's not an insane amount more, but, like, I, I wouldn't mind paying a little, like, like, ten more dollars to make sure that the, the game is fully tested and all that, you know? And yeah. everyone pays that much more, then that, that adds up to a lot of money. I feel like Nintendo games are really good at that. Like, you don't really have to do too much because they already QA'd it to its fullest yeah, extent. Yeah, yeah. And Nintendo always releases, like, quality content. Yep. Like, I don't know of... I, at least in recent memory, I don't know of any games that came out from Nintendo that had huge problems. Like, yeah. it seems like they're pretty good about it. They're uh, again, they're like the Disney of the gaming world. So yeah, it mostly, mostly seems to be American studios that have this problem. <laughs> I was gonna say that I, I didn't know if I should, but you said it for me. Yeah. It's true. I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's like Activision or EA or yeah. Bethesda or whoever, like uh, Gearbox, like it seems to be all these. Uh, well, I mean, some of them aren't solely american some have studios in you know uh europe and canada or whatever yeah but yeah like a lot of those western studios uh it seems to be they rush the game and they release it and it doesn't work as well and then they're just like oh well we'll we'll just patch it later as long as we get all these people to buy it and that kind of sucks yeah no i mean like everyone's always like we should go back to a time when we didn't have to do uh, update games and such and such and you know glitches glitches were just part of the game you know like if you fall through a level in sonic adventure yeah well you can't update your dreamcast but you can always just you know keep playing it and not do that again yeah yeah and i'm not, I'm not trying to discount the, the efforts of game developers like totally it's, it's a pain in the ass to make a game i'm sure yep yep um but I guess the the fault is on, you know, the publisher or whoever's higher up who's making these decisions to rush the game. Like, I'm sure these developers, they actually care and they're trying to make a quality product. But, like, whoever's making the decision to just rush these games in, they're the ones that are at fault. Yeah. It's got to be higher management or someone who's, like, some project manager's like, we got to meet a deadline. Yeah, and it's like, if it's not ready, it's not ready. Yeah. Like, I work in tech, so I know the, the value of, like, meeting a deadline, but also know the value of, like, if you release a product, that is crap like people are gonna shit on it and it's not it's gonna be hard to beat the competition yeah no totally um that's just yeah no i think that's that's just the mindset people have right now is just like get it out as soon as possible yeah meet meet demand but then yeah like to your previous point a lot of japanese studios don't really have that issue Mm -hmm. like sega in recent years I, i feel like they've done a pretty good job especially with like their the yakuza series like they don't really need too much tweaking or improvement yeah well what except for maybe sonic team that's that's why i just said this the yakuza's because like that's like a like you know atlas is also part of sega and they make the persona games and like they're yeah yeah Yeah, you know like sonic team is a different story something's (laughs) going on with sonic team like they they just have not been getting it right yeah like when they when they let fans make a game the fan-made game was better yeah sonic mania is pretty solid so i don't know sonic team is an exception to the rule but otherwise yeah i agree like Japanese studios, it seems like they put a lot of pressure on making something quality, like making something great. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Sony, like all of their internal studios, so like Insomniac, now Insomniac, um, like Kojima Productions now, mm-hmm. um, 
uh, Santa Monica Studios, mm-hmm. uh, Naughty Dog. Like you could see that there's a lot of really good quality and work there, and I think that's cu- that's coming from the top uh, in in the Sony in the Sony like headquarters. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're like, you need you need to push this out, but make sure you do your testing first because otherwise we don't want to release a broken game. Yeah, um, it's kind of funny too. Like I just found out recently that Sega is actually headquartered in California. Like uh, Sony PlayStation, sorry, not Sony, the actual company, but PlayStation itself is headquartered in California. Oh yeah, yeah, I heard about that. I I thought they were headquartered in Japan, but Sony yeah. proper is in Japan, not yeah, Sony. That, PlayStation. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, because well, I feel like, in terms of like, game, like the types of games that come out, the biggest big name games for PlayStation cater more towards a Western audience. Yes, you know, like a lot of the exclusives are more, you know, like the big the biggest names on PlayStation, like. Whether it's like Naughty Dog games or Insomniac games, those are more Western style, anyways. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's there. They the way they flow and the way that the story is, I think it just appeals more to a Western audience, whereas opposed to like you know Square, they have a lot more longer form games that I think yeah, a Japanese yeah. audience would prefer. Um, not to say that Western audiences don't prefer that as well, but still, like it's just a give and take thing. You kind of have to be in that mindset to understand it. Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. But you know, to each their own. Oh uh, wow, that was a long tangent. So you, that's all you're playing, right? Uh yeah, just those those, those two things for now. Cool, cool. Uh, in the last podcast, Elise and I talked about Judgment. It's a whole Judgment spoiler cast, so I won't really gush into that. But I did finish Judgment. Uh, mm-hmm. The story was good. Definitely, Elise and I want to see more about where it's going to go in the future. Um, we just want to hopefully see more games of this caliber and this quality. Um, so some news for you, Jordan. The uh, Yakuza, the most recent yakuza game was announced or it will be announced or it will be, uh, sorry it will be released next year uh yakuza 7 as it's known in japan but in the west it's called yakuza like a dragon and okay. uh the japanese name for the yakuza franchise is not yakuza it's ryuga gotoku which means like a dragon in japanese so uh-huh. in a way it's for western audiences to not be dissuaded by a numbered sequel to also reboot the franchise in itself since the, the the seventh game is about a character that is he uh gets put in jail for 18 years for a crime he didn't commit so mm-hmm. basically uh his boss was like hey this guy committed a crime but i don't want him to be the one at fault i want you to take the blame and he's like yes i'll do anything 18 years later you come back and he's like where's my family and the family's like sorry you have to die and then, and then the boss that let him take the fall shoots him and he wakes up and he's like, where the hell am I? And this old homeless guy's like, well, you're in Yokohama. And so the, t- the game takes place, I believe, in the original city of Kamurocho, but also Yokohama. And there's been a divisive factor for the audience and fans of the game series because this is the first game in the Yakuza franchise that features turn-based combat. Mm-hmm. And it's not real-time action. As you've seen me play before, yeah, where it's yeah. like a brawler style. Yeah. This one, this upcoming one, is turn-based. And everyone there's a lot of people that hate it because they're like why is this why is this in my yakuza game it's not yakuza to have it like that and there's other people that are like well i'm i welcome this because i love persona or i love final fantasy uh and i really want to see where this goes and there's people like me that are like kind of iffy about it but i'm welcoming it because like the yakuza games are known for doing something different and doing it well like yeah. they take inspiration from other games and they're like, how do we take that, make it our own and make it better? And I feel like they're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's always iffy when you change the fundamental fundamental mechanics of a game. Uh, you know, for example, Bioshock 1 and 2 are very similar in that like you get plasmids and you get weapons and you get basically you can collect all of them and use whatever ones you want. 
And then in Bioshock Infinite, they made it so you can only carry two weapons. Yeah. So you have to keep swapping out weapons. Instead of just carrying them all and upgrading them all, you can only carry the two. You just have to figure out which two you like or which two are available at the moment. Uh, and then only use those. And I found that kind of jarring, but I get it. You know, it, it kind of forces you to do some variety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do miss the ability to just have all those options. So, I mean, I, that's maybe not on the same fundamental level as just changing active combat to turn-based combat. But, like, you get right. the point. Like, it could be jarring to a lot of people. Um, but, again, if the game is quality, I'm sure plenty of people will play it. But I, I do feel like that's a weird choice to just suddenly change one of the fundamental parts of the game. Yeah, no, like, why did they do it for this one? And I'm thinking, personally, it's because it's a re- it's a soft reboot of the franchise. Yeah. So they're, like, they have a new main character who's probably going to take them into, like, six or seven more games after this. Um, so in order to keep that momentum going, they want to, like, change something else yeah. uh, to make it different, to make it unique, and to make it memorable. And turn-based is not something a lot of people in the West enjoy too much. They associate yeah. that with like Final Fantasy or Pokemon or any other name, any other JRPG that has it. And, you know, there are, there's a certain audience that enjoys that. But there's also a certain audience that's like, I want my real time combat, mm-hmm. you know, and like seen in like the remakes or, or the remake of Final Fantasy seven. Whenever it comes out, it's real time combat as opposed to uh, strategy or yeah. like turn based. So, uh, yeah, I mean. I'm excited for Yakuza 7. The story looks fun. Like, the main character looks funny. Like, he made a reference to Dragon Quest in the trailer. He's like, my, my story's finally coming together like Dragon Quest. I was <laughs> like, what? Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay, whatever, Is it dude. supposed to take place in modern times? Yes. Okay. E- each game takes place closer to the future. So, basically, each game takes place in the year it came out in. So, the, the first one takes place in th- 2006. Uh-huh. And the remake, of course, still takes place then. Um, and so on and so forth. And Judgment takes place in 2018. Okay. Uh, one of the staples of the Yakuza franchise as well is that all the games always take place in December. N- don't know why. There's some producer, some someone high up was like, let's make all the games in December. I'm, I'm like, okay, why? Um, but anyways, yeah, so that, that's coming out. Um, so building off of that, just finished Judgment. Loved it. Want more. Excited for Yakuza 7, but kind of cautiously excited because I don't know how the turn ba- turn-based combat's going to yeah, be. Yeah, um, and like if it turns out that this one doesn't sell that well because of the turn-based combat, then they can always just flip it back, right? Like, I'm sure, sure. Like, yeah. yeah, like, I'm sure, like, if they realize, oh, people don't like this and people aren't buying the game because of it, then they might just change it. So, again, like any game, they're going to make a judgment based on how well it sells. Yeah, no, totally. Like, every Yakuza game always has the, some of the same mini games. Like, they always have an arcade where you can go play retro emulators. Mm-hmm. They have the darts mini game. They have, like, so on and so forth. Um, so they, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure they're paying attention to what fans like and what they didn't like, and they're going to keep some of those elements and so forth. So yeah. Yeah. So like they, I guess like a small thing is like in, in, in judgment, you can't buy drinks from vending machines, but in Yakuza 6, you can go to a vending machine and buy a drink. And I, I think they removed it because maybe not a lot of people bought drinks from the machines, I don't know. It's a small detail that I noticed. I was like, oh, this isn't present, even though they use the same engine, whatever. Yeah. Um, so now that I finished Judgment, I was kind of like taking a break and trying to figure out what else I'm, I was going to play. Uh, but yesterday, the Stranger Things DLC came out for a game called Dead by Daylight. Oh, yeah. And I saw. I heard about that. So my friends are like, hey, it's on sale. We got a crew of two people. We need more people to join. They're mm-hmm. like, do you want to buy it? And I was like, why not? So I bought... I bought Day by Daylight. Okay. Yeah. Well, who? Wait. So, is the monster the Demogorgon or? Yeah, I'll get into that. I'll get into that. So, before we talk about that, 
you've seen probably videos like people playing Dead by Daylight. Or yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. understand the general concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of like a what's it asymmetrical yes. competitive game. It's an asymmetrical horror game. Yeah. And there's in Dead by Daylight there are four survivors and one killer, and every person in every character in the game is always controlled by a, a person, the player. Yeah, yeah. Um. So in total, there's five. Uh. I haven't played as the killer professionally. Not professionally. I haven't played as the killer outside of the tutorial, is what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't really particularly like being the killer. I just feel like there's too much to do. Mm-hmm. Even though some people are like, oh, the survivors have a lot to do too. They have to evade. They have to get the generators. So the the base game of what Dead by Daylight is about is there's four survivors. There's like f- three to five engine or generators that you have to find in the map. You have to start those generators while avoiding the killer, and the killer mm-hmm. can be any light. Like, there's a several licensed characters that the that, that the game. Yeah, don't they have utilizes. like Jason and like yes, and Michael Myers and so on and so forth. Uh, so it's kind of cool. And uh, so you're following. So the the killer's trying to find the survivors and hook them on these giant hooks. Yeah. And the survivors are trying to avoid the killer and uh, sur- rescue other survivors and also work on the generators. If there's more people working on the generator, the faster the generator gets fixed. There's these little things called, uh, I forget what they're called now. Uh, basically, a noise, will, will, a, a, a noise will happen in your headphones. Um, a little like spinning thing will appear in the middle of the screen. And you have to, there's like a little like area where you have to press spacebar in. Like It's like a quick time event kind of. And if you don't hit spacebar in time, the, in, the generator will blow up and cause noise. Okay. And the killer will be like, what's that? And the killer can go towards you, find you and all your other friends and try to hook you. If you get hooked three times you instantly die. The first time you get hooked, you're just sitting there waiting for someone to help you. The second time you get hooked, you could actually die. You have to press spacebar over and over and over again. Like you can't stop pressing spacebar unless someone helps you. And that's the most nerve wracking oh, so, part. So like the, the more times you get hooked, it the worse it gets. Basically. Yeah, pretty much. So the second time, like this giant needle is about to stab you and you have to keep, you literally have to keep pressing spacebar as fast as you can until another survivor comes and rescues you. But the killer can be waiting there for the other survivor, like, oh, using you as bait. Mm-hmm. Um, or... Uh, oh, oh, I mean, and uh, the, the third time you get hooked is the time, the final time, and you just instantly die and you Damn. get taken somewhere spiritual or whatever. Um, so yeah, I've been playing mostly as a survivor, it's been fun. Um, I, my right now, you can build out different characters, and there's different levels, there's different like in game currencies, uh-huh. so on and so forth. There's costumes you can get, but they don't do anything except for pure cos- cosmetic value. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the different killers are really interesting. As you mentioned before, there's licensed ones. Um, but the special, the reason why, it's actually free this week. So if you want to play it, Jordan, we can play it together okay, if you want. Yeah, yeah I might it, check it out. It, the free, if anyone's listening, Dead by Daylight's free week ends on September 23rd. So, you know, look out for that. Get it now. Try it out. Let me know what you think. Maybe we can play together. I don't like being the killer. I'll be the survivors. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so the DLC... Stranger Things is really interesting because they the so the killer is the Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dem- each killer has different like perks and abilities that they have. Um, so the Demogorgon can leap and lunge. And something unique and interesting about the Demogorgon is that uh, you can build portals. Um, yeah, that to makes the sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sense. so you can build like I don't know how many. I think there's like a limit of five or whatever. Um, so you put them out into the world, uh, and you can teleport to them. So you can put them basically wherever you want. And then you can tell you can use one to dig your way into and like face the other tunnels and you press a certain button and you can like teleport to that and then you can just like come out of it. Uh, and it's kind of cool. Can the so can the other the human the survivor players can they see where those 
spawn points are? Yes, and they can destroy them. Okay. And every time you destroy them, they get regenerated back to the Demogorgon. Okay. And the Demogorgon has now has, you know, recharged recharged them because when you use them, they're one-time use unless they get destroyed. Yeah, okay. Um, and so the they added a new map, which is Hawkins Laboratory underneath. That's cool. So they have, like, you know, the, the gateway to the Upside Down. I believe that's how you escape. I don't know what the escape route is because I've never survived that map. And pe- my friends were saying that it's the most complicated map like yet. So each map has like a different objective or something like that. Each map has the same objective, which is oh, like fix all three generators, find the door, open the door and escape. Mm-hmm. Um, if three of the four players get caught and die, the last player, there's like a secret hatch somewhere in the map. We don't know where it's somewhere in the map. And it's the only escape route. That's not the generator because like as a last player, you can't work on all the generators because yeah, the Demogorgon yeah. or whoever is going to go. Yeah. Find so you. they have to make it balanced. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're the last one left, there's a secret like special hatch that'll open. This is for every round. That last person has to go to that hatch escape. And that's how you win. That's how the survivors win. Otherwise the killer will win. If you of course find you and kill you. Yeah. Um, is there, I'm assuming there's like a time limit, right? I didn't see one actually hmm, all right yeah i don't think they're timed i think it just depends on how long you can stay alive uh-huh. okay i think there might be some timed ones i'm not sure the ones that i played with my friends like they were not timed i yeah. didn't see a timer um i believe because there's a, there's a similar game that came out made by the same developers it's like blood harvest or something like that yeah yeah yeah, where yeah. it's more of like a shooter it's fast paced yeah, yeah it's more faster paced because it's it's uh, but I know, I believe in that one, the, the ring start or the area starts closing in like a battle royale yes. just to kind of force you to have to do something. So I was wondering if that was like a thing in Dead by Daylight, but maybe not. Nah, maybe it's nah. more slower. Yeah. There's just a set map. There's no, nothing that closes in except for the killer. Um, yeah. And so the game, the DLC also adds two characters, Steve Harrington and Nancy Wheeler. So that was oh, kind of cool. cool. Yeah. They're modeled after the actors and actress. So uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Steve has his Scoops Ahoy outfit that you can get. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. It was really weird seeing him. My friend was like, oh, my God. And do she they, bought it. Do they have voice lines? They scream. Okay. They don't really say anything. I haven't heard them say anything. I heard them, like, grunt if they get hurt. So when, you, when you're the survivor, if you get hit once by the killer, you start, like, clutching your side. And if you get hit again, you're down, and the killer can pick you up and take you to a hook. Okay. So there's only, like, two hits, and then you're down. Um yeah, I, they're not. I don't think they're voiced by the the actors themselves. They're mm-hmm. just they just they just sound like generic versions, and yeah. uh, that's okay. But they look like the the from the they're from the TV show. That's so cool. That's, yeah, that's pretty neat. And I so I've been building Steve up because my friend was like, yeah, you should just build Steve up and then see how you like him and so on and so forth. Because you earn these things at the end of every match called blood points, and you can use those blood points to upgrade your characters. And each skill tree that you choose from is like three to four thousand blood points but you earn like twelve thousand thirteen thousand per match so they add up and they cap at like ninety nine thousand i think and then at that point Dang. you have to just keep using them yeah like by by two matches i was i was already at fifty thousand so i was like okay i see what they're trying to do they're trying to make it easy and accessible for people to just play the game yeah because otherwise it's unfair up. if like someone can level up really easily and then just have a bunch of advantages over other people yeah no totally so that makes sense so there's there's two levels in the game. There's the player level, and then there's the uh, the character level. The character level is like how far up you leveled that specific character. Yeah. So at level fifty, for example, if I leveled Steve up to level fifty, I can prestige him, and then uh, like Call of Duty, you know, you reset, but you get like a special thing or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the player level is like how new to the game you are. 
And so you start at 20, and it actually counts down every time you play a game. Like, okay. And whenever you play ranked matches, it'll keep going down, down, down. So uh, my first match ever that I played, one of my buddies was like, oh, man, there's a level 8 guy in here. I'm like, what's bad about that? He's like, well, that means that he's played a lot, and he knows, like, it, it's bad because it, they basically match people's players' levels. Similar. Exactly. Yeah. So that means the killer is going to be really experienced and really hard. But, yeah. you know, that's, that's hopefully someone playing as the killer is the person that's not hard or whatever but you know yeah so they, they try to uh, level match it uh, yeah that makes sense yeah so i just thought it was interesting that they leveled down instead of level up i was like oh that's cool so yeah they get mad whenever they see a level five person I'm like what the hell what are you doing here <laughs> like you've been playing too much <laughs> yeah uh, i mean just because someone plays a lot doesn't necessarily mean they're good but i yeah. mean generally speaking it does mean that they usually know more of the mechanics than you do or techniques at least yeah, no, I mean, you and I have played games before. We're like, oh, we this guy's this level. Like, hopefully he's good, and then he's not that good. We're like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> I guess you play every day, but it doesn't mean you're good. Yeah, like, like uh, what is it? Dino D-Day doesn't have levels, right? No, I don't uh, think so. We just like, oh, okay. But I remember we, you and I would play a game together, and like, oh, this guy's this level. Like, oh, no, he's not that good. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like whenever I would play, like, Overwatch, you'll see someone with, like, the oh, gold yeah, yeah. border and all the stars, and you're like, oh, well, this guy must be really good, and then... They kind of suck, but or maybe they're just playing a character they don't know. Yeah, that could be it too. This is my alt. It's not my main. (laughs) Okay, whatever, whatever, dude. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So yeah, I've been playing that, um, and I just wanted to talk about a lot. Another few, another three games that I uh, found that are also asymmetrical horror games, and I know that they're. One of them came out recently, another one mm-hmm. that's in early access, and another one came out last year. Yeah, it seems like they're getting really popular. Yeah, and I think this might be the next wave of games after the Battle Royale phase. Mm, yeah. I think it'll be fun. So everyone knows the Friday the 13th game came out as well. Yeah, that's basically like De- Dead by Daylight, right? Yeah, it came out, I believe, after Dead by Daylight. Dead by Daylight came out in like 2014. Yeah. Um, and, and the the uh, thir- Friday the 13th game came out in 2015 or 16. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's made by Ilphonic, and they're based in, I think, Colorado or North Carolina and also Seattle. And uh, they released a trailer this past May that I didn't know was existed. It's for a game called Predator Hunting Grounds. And it's basically you're, you play as five soldiers that go into the jungle. You like have to do like this mini mission where you kill NPCs. And then this other player that comes out is the Predator from the Predator movies. Oh, like the alien creature. Cool. So, you know... They've Ilphonic has had a history of licensed games. They know how to deal with those those kind of IPs, and their their forte is apparently asymmetrical games like this. Yeah. So it, it kind of just made sense to me. The trailer looked pretty cool. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the Predator franchise, but I thought it was a step in a new direction because every time you think of asymmetrical horror game, you think of dark and moody and yeah. stuff. But like this trailer took place in the broad daytime and like a green yeah. jungle. Yeah. I, I don't know if it. I guess it kind of counts as asymmetrical horror. I don't know about the horror part, but it's definitely asymmetrical. Um, was uh, what was that game? Evolve. Remember that game? Oh yeah. yeah that was that. I, yeah. I think that went down the drain, but it did. It, that hard. was that was one of the first like mainstream asymmetrical games that I remember. Yes, me too. But I think their business model was kind of messed up. So That's why it failed. It didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, Ilphonic's Predator Hunting Grounds is supposed to come out next year. It looks pretty cool. I don't think I'm gonna play it. It's like it looks like. Call of Duty meets like asymmetrical horror games because you could like do aim down sights, you know, you could do all the soldier stuff. Yeah, you have a yeah. gun, you're yeah, a soldier, yeah. you have a gun, so you can fight. You're against in, in Dead by Daylight, you can't fight against anyone, like, you, you literally have no other way to fight. Like, yeah. you you have to just run away. 
Yeah, you, you can't defend yourself. Or uh, do you remember that mod we that it was like a Half Life mod, uh, the Hidden? Do you remember that? Oh, that game. Oh yeah, that, that was basically same, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Where that, it's like everyone's have guns, you're soldiers. Yes, yes. But then one guy is this like naked, invisible dude with a knife. But yeah. because he's invisible, he could just like he can kill you in one hit. But like he has to get really close to you, and then yeah. he also has flashbangs, so yep. he can prevent you from like camping one spot. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah, that was one of the, also one of the most as- first asymmetrical things. We I played. think so too. That came out way before yeah, all th- these. This games. is old. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's basically the, uh, the what what Minecraft Hunger Games was to like the current battle royale. Right. Exactly. Know? Yeah. And the, yeah. and uh, who is it? Like what's his name? Brandon Green, the guy that created yeah, yeah. Player Known. Like he was inspired by that. I yeah. think that's what he said. Like he was inspired by the Minecraft Hunger Games to make his battle royale games. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, so I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, other uh, asymmetrical games? Oh no, it was about ah. Never mind. I'll, if I think about it, I'll say it. Uh, so another other two games I want to mention are Last Year the Game, which is a game that takes place in 1996. Never asymmetrical. Heard of it. It's it was it was like it was kickstarted um, a couple of years ago, and it got funded, and then it ended up only on Discord's Nitro service, which people don't use mm-hmm. and the player base dropped they're trying to put it on steam right now but they've said that for like a year so i don't know how far into it they're going to be doing that um it's all first person there's like five or six survivors you're all different teenagers who have different perks um but you have weapons to defend yourself uh-huh. and there's one killer and they're based on like generic models there's like three di- so you can die as the killer and you can respawn as like i think you only have like three versions of it and they have to like recharge or something over time but there's like a a small fast skinny one there's like a medium one and there's like a big giant burly one mm-hmm. um and you have to like you know of course find all the survivors the survivors have to do all the all these different tasks to open the exit gate and you have to get through the exit pretty pretty typical asymmetrical horror stuff right yeah uh except for the fact that the survivors can you know defend against the killer and use like they can find guns or whatever and shoot it i'm like damn why, why are there guns at this high school um yeah oh yeah the thing i wanted to mention earlier was if you have half-life 2 on steam which pretty much everyone does you can play the hidden which jordan mentioned um it's free there's probably like 50 people playing it that's not that many yeah, people. Well, yeah well, i don't know about now but yeah yeah like when we were playing it years ago it was fun um basically asymmetrical horror you're a SWAT team with like six people everyone has guns yeah, there's different like builds or like yes. different classes you can choose from yeah and the the hidden is like the secret genetic experiment that's a human and they're like invisible all the time and they have like super strength and super speed and they can find you and kill you and it's I don't know it's it's fun it's just different you know and it's definitely pre all these other asymmetrical horror yeah games. it's one of the I would say the first versions of this Totally. It, it's cool. Um, so if you're looking for something free to play that's asymmetrical horror, definitely try out the hidden on Steam. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the last one I want to mention is called Hide or Die. It's an early access asymmetrical, large scale asymmetrical horror game. Um, you can have up to 16 survivors. Oh. Uh, and How many s- monsters are there or killers? So you start in an underground bunker and when the doors open, you have to scatter and find resources. Sounds familiar, right? Yeah. About Royale. Yeah. There's this darkness that slowly closes in. And if you look okay. at one part of the darkness for too long, you become a killer. Oh. And so it's basically this game of, what is it called? Sardines. If you catch someone or kill someone, they become a killer too. And then it just keeps yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like... Battle Royale meets asymmetrical That's horror. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And everyone has guns. <laughs> I have to emphasize well, that it's so very fast Can you only kill people that are affected by the darkness? Because otherwise people would just kill other survivors in the beginning, right? 
Yeah, you can only kill people that are affected by the darkness. And so there's like there's like random mobs outside too that are like zombie-like creatures that you can kill and get points or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like a battle royale meets an asymmetrical horror. It's still more battle royale-ish since everyone has guns, and I and I think it's different too. Like, it's it looks cool. It's definitely early access. It's got yeah. the feel, and so and it all, was also based on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So I would be very wary before purchasing purchasing that game since it's. Not something that's released fully yet. And it, it looks promising, but again, like last year, the game, or sorry, last year, the nightmare, last year, the nightmare had such promising potential. It was supposed to be the Dead by Daylight killer. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, this game's going to be better than that. Yeah. Came out, only released on Discord Nitro, and everyone's like, what the hell? I'm not going to play this. Because, you know, people are, like you said before about Borderlands, people are loyal to their, their platforms. Yeah. And everyone loves Steam, so... Yeah, they're not. If it once it comes out on Steam, I think last year the Nightmare will actually have a, a bigger player base. Yeah. Um. There's a game I want to mention. Uh. I just remembered it. Uh. I played it with a couple friends. It's free to play on Steam, and it has a maybe not completely original, but a different spin on the whole asymmetrical horror. So it's called Deceit. Have you ever heard of that? Heard of that? Yeah. I never played it. Though. Yeah. So basically, and I'm pretty sure there's other games like this, but the general concept is you have six survivors, and two of them are infected, but you can't tell immediately. So they're oh, wow. they're the killers, but they're they're it's it's kind of like mafia or like town of Salem, where you kind of have to figure out who the infected are. So at at some point, the infected players can reveal themselves by turning into a monster, but at that point, the other players can just easily defeat them with like a gun or like a flashbang or what you know any kind of device to disable them and then just try to escape. So what you want to do in the beginning of the game is try to trick players into eliminating other players who aren't infected and then uh, turning into a monster and killing like the last guy that's left. Mm -hmm. So basically there's a lot of communication that's involved. uh, And then as the infected, you have to try to, there's like these blood bags that you need to collect uh, in order to be able to transform. Like you have to consume these blood bags. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really sneaky about it and like only consume them when no one's looking. And so everyone's like constantly watching each other. Uh, and then what's cool is there are weapons. You start out with nothing, but yeah. there are weapons. But the only way to get those weapons is for another player to help you do it. For example, there's a shotgun. And uh, the box that has a shotgun in it will only open if another player is stepping on a button like far, farther away. So you it requires you to cooperate in order to get the weapons. So oh. there's a lot of trust involved. So it's a lot of communication, a lot of trust. If you're playing with a group of friends, it's really fun because then, you know, you're kind of, depending on how well you know your friends, you got to figure out who's lying or who's telling the truth. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, yeah, like there's like several, you know, different items you can get. Like uh, there's a camera that has a flash. So when you flash the monster, uh, when they're in monster mode, it'll it'll stun them. But yeah, like I, if you have a group of six friends, I highly recommend ch- checking it out because it's really fun. That's cool. Uh, yeah, and again, the game, the name is Deceit, so it's all about like tricking each other. It's like like Mafia. Uh, and I then, see. Yeah, but it's a similar concept to like Dead by Daylight, where like you have to like turn on these generators. There's certain objectives you have to do, and then at the end, a door opens up and you have to run out. And it's the monster's job to try to either trick the survivors into killing each other or to turn into a monster and kill them all. But it's easier if you trick them into killing each other and then just kill the last guy cool yeah. wow awesome i think i have to check that out i'll pitch yeah, it to it's, my it's free it's free so yeah, yeah. definitely try it okay cool thanks for the for the hot tip mm-hmm. all right so moving on from what we're playing talk about some brief news stuff we already talked about borderlands 3 and how we're both kind of waiting for uh, it to come out on steam um e3 so some plans for e3 already dropped 
Now, E3 is managed by the Entertainment Software Association, ESA, and they want to make it into a fan-slash-media-slash-influencer festival for 2020. Yeah. Uh, I heard about this, too. Yeah. So, they're, one of their... Two of their big draws that they're trying to pull for uh, are, is that they're going to have big stars. For example, they're, they want to have the LA Lakers playing NBA uh, 2K on the floor. Okay. <laughs> My reaction as well. Uh, they also want to have big influencers. You know, the whole the whole Keanu Reeves thing. So when they say viral. influencers, do they just mean famous people in general? Or do they mean people who actually are related to games? So by you big know? stars, they mean like, LeBron James, Keanu Reeves, you know, people like uh, like celebrities. And right. by big influencers, I think they mean like 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 people that make videos on YouTube about games. Okay, that makes games sense. Games journalists that make video reviews or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So those are so they want famous influencers to come that are re- related to games or like have a strong opinions about games and to show their faces and talk about stuff. Yeah. Um one thing I found funny about it was they in their in their slide deck talking about the preparation and like pitch for E3 2020 was that they want to have something called cutainment. Mm. Cutainment is they want to have access to consumer data captured through the app, which is like a, a E3 app they're going to have available that people can download prior to the convention so they can like look at stuff or read news that live or whatever, uh, yeah. or have a captive audience as people wait in line for demos. <laughs> which is, like they made up a word that is used to, um, talk about things that people can do while they're waiting in line. So they can like look, at, they can like get a demo on their phone or something. Yeah, I mean that makes sense because like if you go to any kind of convention, there's a lot of waiting in line. Yes. So giving someone something to do while they wait in line makes sense, and I'm sure they can get metrics off of that. And right, I don't really see a problem with it unless there's some kind of weird catch. But microtransactions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, like. Every kind of convention, like I've gone to a convention for work. I've yeah. gone to an anime convention. So yeah. it's like every convention I've been to, they all have apps now. Yeah. And I feel like that's really useful because it's like instead of using like a paper map, the app will have a map on it and it will show all the times of things right. and yeah. stuff like that. So I feel like that's really useful for the consumer. And then on the business end, uh, I'm sure they're tracking like which ones you were actually clicking on, which what's yep. the most popular events that people are checking out. Data. So yeah, it's all data. So like I feel like whatever this cutainment thing is fine as long as it's not you know predatory microtransactions or yeah. something. The word is just too much though. It's a mouthful. Cutainment. Yeah, I get. I, <laughs> yeah, I get it. But I, yeah, like I, I know what they're trying to do. And yeah, like you're waiting in a queue. Yes, yes. And it's entertainment. They so could call it linetainment. Well, that's that's they both just sound terrible. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so building off of games, GameStop is going to close more stores. Mm-hmm. Sadly, they're going to lay off more people. Uh, and I mentioned before in a, in a podcast that they're trying to revamp. And I think I talked to you about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They want to have like an esports team. They want to make stores more focused yeah. on retro games. And so they're they're trying it out in some states. And like I don't know, there, there has to be a lot more interest. Yeah, uh, I feel like this is inevitable. You know, like yeah. GameStop is the blockbuster of games. Like sad. It's just, it's creative destruction. You know, when something new comes out, 
it's going to unfortunately wipe away something that's old. Yeah. And GameStop is an old business model. I mean, maybe in certain countries, it's mm-hmm. probably still doing just fine. But at least in U.S. and a lot of like, you know, uh, more, how do I put it? Technologically. First world countries. Yeah, first world countries <laughs> that can afford good internet and yeah, downloading yeah. and streaming and stuff. Yeah, like the people are going to choose convenience. And I think I've said this before on the podcast, but yeah, people are going to choose convenience if they can afford it. And I feel like in the U.S. especially, people are just going to choose convenience, which is not GameStop. That's why I feel like there's no mom and pop retro game stores in San Francisco because the median living wage here is so high. People just order from Amazon. Yeah. You know, like literally there are two GameStops in San Francisco that I know of. And those are the only places in the city that you can go to to get video games just video games you know you can have yeah. your target your best buy or whatever to, and buy games there but yeah. like if you want just games then you have to go to GameStop. yeah and and of course like best buy and uh target are not going to have the pre-owned games yes exactly yeah. yeah exactly or and the old controllers or anything yeah. like that GameStop's whole model was built on pre-owned games yeah and I remember when we used to go to GameStop or before in our mall when it was called Software, etc. You know, like we would go there, look at all the games. And I remember it changing from like, you know, at the time N64 games. And then they had like NES games like on the side. Like you could just get if you Uh wanted to because they're old. Mm -hmm. And over time it was GameCube and then the N64 games are on the side. And then it was like DS, Wii, and then the GameCube games are on the side. And they just kept phasing out more and more and more. And now it's to the point where the Wii games are off to the side, the Wii U games are off to the side, and it's all about Switch and, you know, just using Nintendo as an example. But still, um, yeah, no, like, to your previous point, like, it's it's a pro- it's def- GameStop is, is a product of its time. It hasn't really changed much, and that's not a good thing. Like, they need to evolve yeah. with the market and with players' interests well, and players' needs. Yeah, and, and like you were saying, they're banking off of nostalgia, but all these companies realized that, and they were like, oh, you like our old games? Here's our old games on, like, this the NES Mini and the Sega Genesis Micro or whatever it's called. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, all, they're, they're just... Or, like, uh, Nintendo has, like, the... the, the What's it? The, NES Mini and the, the SNES Mini? But they also have, like... Uh, oh, the online the online service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Switch where, Online. Where, yeah, where you can get old games through that, too. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like, Sony and Xbox probably have stuff like that, too. So... It's like they realize people want these old games, so now they're selling it back to you through like subscriptions and stuff. So like some people who don't own an old console aren't gonna go to GameStop anymore to buy one or to buy old games. Yeah, like, why just, would you? Yeah, you could just get it like for for a, a cheap amount, like a cheap subscription. You can get all of them for you know on all these different services. What is it like for Nintendo's online Switch system? It's like what is it like? 20 a year yeah, like 20 if 20 bucks a year you get like 60 plus games from two different systems like right now like eventually hopefully they're gonna add n64 and maybe dreamcast yeah and that will just be that will that will push everyone over the edge that owns a nintendo console they're like the switch can play everything nintendo owns what's yeah. why should we play these unless you know you want to play banjo which of course no one wants to play it on the xbox they want to play it on their n64 yeah but they want to play it on their their switch now because it's you know, banjos on Smash, and now they want their they want a version on Nintendo. But yeah, but I'm going on a tangent. <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, they it's all about consumer needs and demands. And even though right now you can go online to GameStop's website and buy retro games, like I've looked and they have uh, uh, GameCube games on mm. on the website, but you don't know if they come with a case, and you don't know if they're really scratched or not. That's true, because you can't look at it yourself. I was watching this YouTuber. His name is Modern Vintage Gamer. Shout out to you. He uh, 
he bought a bunch of games, retro games on GameStop's website. Some of them, most of them didn't come in cases. Some of them did. And it's just like, yeah, he was like, yeah, it was a crapshoot. There's some of them were really cheap. And he's like, this one probably didn't come with a case. It came with a case, but it was like the generic GameStop one. He's like, this is not yeah. what I wanted. So he got a bunch of games. He was disappointed that GameStop sent them in like really bad quality. One of them didn't even work. And I was like, damn, that's why you don't buy retro games. And yeah, GameStop. like you're better off just buying it from eBay where they have the actual pictures. Like you could still get ripped off. But at totally. least they'll the, someone on eBay will probably uh, give you more information. And again, if there's someone who actively sells this kind of stuff, you'll yeah. see reviews of you know people who bought from them. So oh yeah, no, probably totally. better off just buying it from eBay. I, I I've talked about this in the past, but I've I've pre I bought a bunch of pre-owned um, GameCube games from eBay. I always did my research about the seller, their feedback, you know, all that stuff. And luckily, every game that I've bought from eBay that was a GameCube game actually came and was like good it was like good quality yeah, i assume it was probably more expensive than buying from GameStop. absolutely but absolutely. like you're again like you're saying you're paying for the quality so yeah yeah like some of these games now are like super expensive like pikmin it's like 70 mm. bucks and yeah i saw I, that I, I paid like 30 something for it and now i'm like okay i'm just gonna sit on this <laughs> you know yeah. until a certain time period uh um, we'll see yeah so Unless they put it on Switch, you know, right? Okay, so probably will. Yeah, but like retro games are so big now, like everyone wants them. Everyone wants in on them, and Sega came out with their Genesis Classic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, GameStop is trying to bank on that, and they're trying to become the mass-produced mom and pop retro shop. And like, it doesn't work that way. And I think they know that, but this is their only way to revamp their whole structure, their system, and try to make it better. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But again. It's going the way of Blockbuster right now. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's just interesting about them since everyone everyone that's a, a gamer has a long history mm-hmm. uh, with GameStop. Okay, so we're two days away from the Area 51 event that everyone's supposed oh, to be going to. Yeah. Uh, and on September 10th, two Dutch guys were arrested in Area uh, 51. Yeah. Did you read about this? Yes, I saw so this too. They jumped the fence. Um, they, what are they thinking? <laughs> so one of them was a YouTuber. Of obviously, course. you got yeah. you got to vlog it. You know, got to do it for the vlog. Yeah, uh, he he and his friend uh, they went into the they ignored the signs, went into the complex, were promptly arrested, were asked if they can read, write, and speak English, and they both said yes. And they're like, "Why did you Why did you ignore the signs?" So uh, these guys have really interesting names. So the first guy, his name is Ties Granzier. He's okay. 20 years old. And okay. the second guy is named Govert Charles Wilhelmus Jacob Sweep. And he's 21. That's a long name. <laughs> I don't know why they included his full name. <laughs> the other guy, they just had his first and last name. Okay. <laughs> this is from a CNN article. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they were, they were caught. Um, and they said that they didn't have any intention to storm it because they wanted to leave on the day before the actual storming dates. And they just wanted to go there. Which is the dumbest logic and response you can give. <laughs> like, I hope that a bunch of people gathered, like, near the area just for the memes. You know, just be like, hey, here we are. We yeah, gathered yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One. But if you're stupid enough to try to cross the fence, like, what are you expecting? <laughs> like, <laughs> what exactly are you? You're going to, to a military shot. a military outpost. A like, highly secretive, highly, yeah. highly defended military outpost. And of course, if people don't know, this is an event that was created in March of this year. And the event on Facebook, which is still up, by the way, is called Storm Area 51 
comma, they can't stop all of us. And the description reads, we will all meet up in rural Nevada and coordinate our parties. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them, aliens. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously it's a joke. Like it's yeah. a meme. Oh no, it absolutely. Meme. But you know that the, some people are gonna take this seriously. Some no, idiots. Totally. Like if flat earthers exist, some people are gonna go to this and take it seriously. Like there's there's people stupid enough to do this. The creator of the event even like made a battle strategy. He's like. He made, like, a map, and he's like, all right, on this side, we're going to send all the Kyles first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone or named the Kyle. furries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And, like, clearly, this is a whole joke and a meme, but, of course, as to your point, people are not... People are going to take it seriously and actually do it. Yeah, or there's going to be people who who know it's a joke, but they take the joke too far. Like, like, those, oh, yeah. like those guys who climb the fence, they... I'm sure they knew it was a joke, but they were like, well, let's do it for the, the views. Let's mm-hmm. do it for the subscribers. And it's like... It's stupid. Those those two guys were sentenced to a year in jail, but that that sentence was suspended, and they will only spend three days in the county jail if they pay a fine of two thousand two hundred and eighty dollars each, mm. which is expensive. That's yeah, a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, for trespassing, you know, it's not too harsh on federal government property, though. Yeah, maybe because they're Dutch nationals. Yeah, they could get complicated. Yeah. Anyways, so. That whole thing is stupid. In two days, we'll see. We're, there's going to be a bunch of articles. Either that no one showed up, some people showed up and just stood there, or someone hurt, got hurt, someone died or something. I don't know. I, I feel like something's going to happen. Yeah. Not, not, not anything like crazy, probably. But like, like some people are probably going to go there. <laughs> yeah, totally. I don't know. Well, there a lot of people, like one million people said yes to the event. Um, the hotels in the area were all called up. They're all full now. People booked rooms. Yeah, which means which pretty much guarantees that somebody's going. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be people there. They're probably just going to hang out on the like uh, yeah, really I, far I, radius. I feel like it's, yeah, people just hanging out, just <laughs> like, having a laugh about it. You yep. know, makes good video content. Be like, here we are, video, yep, everything yep. you want. But yeah, I just hope no one does anything stupid. <laughs> yeah, please don't. If you're going to that event, don't be dumb and try to climb the fence. Like, please, like you can go to jail or worse, get shot and like, die. If you really thought that there were aliens at Area 51, don't you think the government would do something about it if... Because this is a public event. They could see this. Like, don't you think if they knew, that, if they believed that this was a threat, that they would have done something about it? You know, <laughs> by were, now, like, moved the aliens or something? There was, you know? I know, right? They, they probably would have done it and no one saw it because it was dark, you know? Yeah, so it's like, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, they, it's just a you, joke. You go there and they're like, well, see, no aliens. You're like, oh, They, okay. they, they let you in. Yeah, hey, yeah, you want to take in. a tour of Area 51? Look, Welcome. It's all empty. There's nothing yeah. here. <laughs> Yep, like, it's like they literally moved the aliens. Yeah, why are you guys protecting it? I don't know. <laughs> it's a government facility. Get yeah, away. Yeah. We're just <laughs> flying our planes here. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that whole thing is just dumb, and and we'll see what happens. I though I I want to see what what content comes out of this. You know? Yeah, there's gonna be a bunch of videos about it for sure. A bunch of YouTubers, dumb ones. Maybe Jake and Logan Paul will be out there. It, yeah, it it just shows you the power of a joke on the internet. You know, yeah, like a call, a really dumb call to arms. Like you can, you can make anything big if you make it ridiculous enough. I mean, it, it, it's like all those people like doing Naruto runs around or, Trump Tower. Yeah, or doing the, the Goku He's scream, screaming like Goku. Screaming like Goku. <laughs> like it, it's kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah, that the internet can allow people to do stupid stuff. Like as long as no one's getting hurt, as long as no one's yeah. getting hurt, and no laws are getting broken, other than yeah. I guess loitering maybe, but that's not a big deal. But like, uh, then it's fine. People are welcome to do like, like sort of dumb stuff like this as long as it's not so dumb that people are getting hurt. Yeah, um, someone posted on Reddit a while back uh, when this was thing. This thing was at the height of its blowing up. Um, 
someone posted on Reddit like a, a slideshow during a military Air Force conference, mm. or like 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 um just talking about like something about I guess the event, and it was a picture of Naruto, yeah. and the instructor was like putting his hands behind his back running, and and they're trying to explain the Naruto run in like a slide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I saw another yeah. post about that where they were explaining the Air Force. They're, they're probably not taking it seriously, right? So, so right. like these guys, they are required to practice making presentations. So someone probably just thought, oh, it's a good idea to use this this meme online that's about us, and we'll just I'll give you a practice presentation about this. Oh, you know, yeah. So it, you know they might not actually be taking it seriously. It might just be like someone playing around, and be like, oh well, they're planning on storm storming Area Fifty One, so might as well use this as my presentation right. content. Well, the the uh, the government did come out with an official statement and say like, please yeah, don't course, do it. Of yeah, of course, of course, because you have to. You know, like yeah. it's it's something about their own territory, and they have to say something. Yeah, they can't completely ignore it. No, like, again, there could be idiots who take it seriously, so they have to they have to say something. Yeah. Well, two days from now, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And by the time this comes out, it probably already happened. And in which case, we'll talk about it on the next one. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about in the news is something that you and I are very familiar with, and we did a whole podcast based on this oh, whole franchise. It's yeah. called uh the Battle at Big Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a short film set in the Jurassic Park mm-hmm. slash Jurassic World universe. And uh, for those that don't know, this is a short film that takes place after Jurassic. World Fallen Kingdom, the second movie in the Jurassic World franchise. It is written and directed by Colin Trevorrow, co-written by this other woman named Emily Carmichael. And it's about... it's it's take, It takes place one year after the events of Fallen Kingdom, and it's about a family uh, that goes on a camping trip 20 miles north of the complex where the, the dinosaurs were released in Fallen Kingdom. And it takes place in this fictional park called Big Rock National Park. Uh, so it's it takes place in Northern California, and uh, yeah, it's about a can- uh, it's about a family yeah. that encounters dinosaurs. It's it's only eight minutes long. The special effects are really good, um, and they have to deal with, you know, seeing dinosaurs and living with them. Yeah, as a short film, as a standalone short film, it's it's fine. Like it's the, the special effects are good, the practical effects are good. Uh, what happens is pretty predictable. You know, if you have a baby. Uh, in any kind of scary situation, you know exactly what's going to happen with the baby. The baby's going to cry, all that. Uh, and then, like, they, they do some setup in the beginning, and the setup gets paid off. So it's fine as a short film. It's, it's pretty good. Um, but, like, as a part of a larger whole, as a part of the Jurassic World slash Park universe, I just I have some problems with it. <laughs> yeah, we both do. I have, so, I have problems with the implications. And if you've heard our last podcast about talking about Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom spoilers, you know that we we hate it <laughs> with, yeah. a, with a lot with a huge passion. Uh, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of gaping problems. And I I was reading a tweet that Colin Trevorrow came out last year, and he said that oh there was there the the lagoon isn't connected to the ocean. There was a huge oversight. Like I should have been there to correct it. And I'm like, dude, it's too late. And so he was like trying to retcon it by saying like oh the maps in the park are wrong. But I'm like clearly you could see in a shot in the first one that it's not connected. And also why would the maps be wrong? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. What? Why would they be wrong what? about that? And so then he's like, no, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to retcon. So now all the fans are like. Oh, this we're stuck with this wrong Whatever. layout yeah. now. Um, it's just, like again, I don't want to get too far into Fallen Kingdom because we talked it to death. Yes, um, but basically, uh, yeah, I just I'm having problems suspending my disbelief. Like yes. there's just so many, like, and I talked to you about this before the podcast, but yes. like Michael Crichton, the guy who made Jurassic Park, 
he puts a lot of effort into making it believable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, resurrecting dinosaurs is not a real thing because if it was, it would have yeah. been done by now. Yeah. Um, it's not actually possible. But like Michael Crichton in his books, and he has another book called Timeline, and he puts a, it's about time travel. <laughs> yeah. And he puts so much effort in time. Yeah. And again, time travel is not real as far as we know. Otherwise, yep. it would have been done. But he puts so much effort into making the science seem possible and doing so much research to make it seem legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in Jurassic Park, same thing. And then in the Jurassic Park movie, uh, they, they go through the effort of showing the audience the video of how the dinosaur cloning works and yep. how the yep. DNA is incomplete. And they replace it with the frog DNA and like just explaining everything, making it as believable as possible. Yep. And there's just so much wrong with the way that they're doing Jurassic World where it's just it's kind of hard to believe any any of this stuff is is happening or why it's happening like ah, it's just it's really hard to suspend my disbelief yeah no i i agree it's like you mentioned before we talked um the it's like a 10 year old playing with jurassic park toys yeah it's like oh wouldn't it be cool if if the world was just covered with dinosaurs and it's just like but why how (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like, you released like 50 of them or whatever yeah just track them down <laughs> tranquilize them and or kill them like sadly but again they are in they're an invasive species they yeah. don't naturally belong there they're gonna yeah and they are very dangerous so so let's let's like kind of talk about the short too so in the beginning of the short he's like there's bears out here and then i'm like well these dinosaurs are gonna eat the bears and then you won't have bears to worry about now you just have dinosaurs yeah. to worry about and <laughs> one why would you risk going camping knowing that there's that and they have a line about like oh i didn't know they would go up here it's like and like you said it was like 20 miles right it's 20 miles and it takes one year place one year after yeah, so everyone knows do, about it and these are huge animals that yes. travel really far so yes. how would you not expect to run into dinosaurs and, he, and the guy was like <laughs> yeah the park ranger told us like not to touch them. i'm like the park ranger should tell you to fuck off and not even be there and, and okay okay <laughs> let's say this is a world where dinosaurs do exist and yeah. it's just kind of accepted yeah would you not have precautions at least would you not yeah. have like an armored camper and a gun maybe it's like, would you not at least if you even uh, decide to go camping like if you bears exist yes and when you go camping and you know that there are bears out there there are a ton of precautions you take to make sure that bears don't get into your like stuff bait traps yeah you know, like putting like locking your stuff in a cooler in the trunk or like you know like you don't like you have to prepare for this so it just makes it seem like dinosaurs just magically spawned and everyone's caught by surprise it's been a year but yeah but it's established <laughs> that there are things so it's it just, been a year the, the logic just doesn't make sense yeah it just seems like bad writing yeah. again you know if you're looking at it as a whole like if this was about a family who's going camping in the woods and then they are suddenly surprised by dinosaurs let's say this ha- takes place right after jurassic world fallen kingdom yeah i'd be like okay that makes sense they're just having a normal day and suddenly what the heck there's dinosaurs out here what is going on yeah i mean they're familiar with the, they're familiar with the existence of dinosaurs right, because right, jurassic right. world has existed in this universe for a while but they're not expecting them to be in this camping ground right but they clearly establish in this short film that they should have known that this could happen yeah and you're again you're 20 miles away from it you yeah. know they're gonna go there dinosaurs don't stay in one spot they migrate and they go places yeah but then again backtracking <laughs> to the whole idea of this being part of a bigger world yeah why do why are these still out there a year later yeah <laughs> you know? like, shouldn't you find them and stop them from breeding Cause, yeah like there were some male and female ones and in yeah. the beginning when they're showing the universal logo you hear like like a news report right and she's yeah. like this could be the first dinosaur born in north america i'm like then stop it <laughs> you know yeah they're huge they're yeah. easy to track down <laughs> right um and so then after that uh so the family's camping right and he's like be careful of bears and then like it's it's like a husband and wife, their two kids and one baby. 
and they're in, they're in like this little camper um and so they're out there and then you hear like you see a snout of something and then it like yeah breathes a little bit and the dad's like oh shit look 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 and then they, they all turn off the lights they get and they hide and they look and they see this giant uh i have the name here it's not triceratops it's nasu tosserops yeah. And the little girl's like, I know what that is, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, here we go, Jurassic Park with kids again. And then she's like, oh, look, there's a baby. And the baby's like trying to play with like a flashlight or like a lamp or something. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but before that, my favorite line was the parents were like, it's one of them. And they see that it's a dinosaur. <laughs> I'm like, man, you're treating that dinosaur like with some racial, some racial like discrimination <laughs> oh, right now. it's one of those. Yeah, yeah one of one those, those things. things. One of uh, those things. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, don't worry. It's a, it's a plant eater. It's not going to hurt us. And then an Allosaurus comes out. I'm like, of course, there's an Allosaurus. And then it's like attacking them. They're fighting and it looks like the Allosaurus is about to win. But the Deus Ex Machina thing comes out and a male Nosferatops comes out and starts defending it and like oh they're backing away yeah and conveniently the baby starts crying the Allosaurus like quickly does the Allosaurus turned its head so fast it's like what's that yeah. <laughs> and just came over there and it's like what's in here and it just starts attacking it uh, and the parents are like oh my god and it turns the camper over much like in Jurassic Park yeah, Lost yeah, World yeah. and I was like oh this reminds me of that the baby is somehow still okay stuck in the this seat which I didn't know how and the Allosaurus is like trying to sneak in and eat the baby and the parents save it the allosaurus completely destroys the camper after it was turned over and it's like the dad's like fighting it off with this like giant metal stick and then the wife comes out with a fire extinguisher and hoses it yeah. down and it's just like Arr! and then there's a like really weird shot where they 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 show a landscape shot of the allosaurus and the, the two parents trying to like fight it and backing off and then you see like these two crossbow bolts come out uh-huh. of nowhere and this girl's like oh hey i did it like the daughter did it yeah and then like they they were kind of foreshadowing it before in the beginning where she talks about the the friend or the other like, guy camping with them. yeah yeah and then dad's like you shouldn't be touching that hey hey you touching that crossbow and, and she's like uh, and yeah they were like oh that was like the only part of it that i was like oh this is really a short film because they foreshadowed that yeah <laughs> i mean know? there was a setup and there was a payoff so yeah yeah and i was like okay so the girl saved the parents and they're like it's okay baby and then it ends up by pulling out showing the destroyed camper and then some guy comes out of his camper in the background and i'm like okay and the post credit scene the credits roll and then they show like a bunch of mid credit mm. scenes yeah. where it, it, the the mid credit scenes are actually i i found them kind of funny yeah like, i think it's I, pretty funny i was laughing the whole time yeah i was like but again, as a short film, that's pretty hilarious. But I don't know. It's just like Jurassic Park has some comedic moments, but otherwise it the, it took itself pretty seriously, you know? Yeah. And whereas this, it just seems like a comedy fest. It's like, oh, look at all these dinosaurs running around eating your eating your doves at your wedding. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, darn, those dinosaurs. Yeah. It's like, like, uh, <laughs> like what? Uh, what do we do about this? Yeah, it's you know? like, and then there's those guys fishing, and they just see one, and it's normal to them. I yeah, guess. like, oh, that's eating our food. How do we get fish? It's like, you know, why has this been allowed to be so prevalent? Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure if the dinosaurs released into the wild, there'd be some people being like, dinosaurs have rights. They're living animals too. That's the whole second movie is about. Yeah, but it's like, they like, you can fault Jurassic Park three for a lot of things yes but dr grant has a point when he says that the dinosaurs are genetically engineered theme park attractions they're they are not real animals they they, they're not even real dinosaurs they are they're pieced together dinosaurs yeah like they're they're not real animals and they're they're thrown out into the wild and it's like they should not exist just running around like why are why are people letting them just run around yeah yeah no it's true so i i hope the third movie addresses that yeah, and you and I were talking about how the third movie might be about like a a, a team, a special government task force that's supposed to track them or like yeah deal with them in some way. Sense. And like Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are set to return, so they're probably going to be a huge part of that. 
Maybe the little clone girl's going to be in there. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, I forget where I heard about this, but there was an interview, I think it was with, uh, with the director and he was saying something about like, oh, the technology is out there. So like, oh sure. All these dinosaurs got released, but also the cloning technology is out there because you know, Dr. Wu is out there. Uh, yes. and like they, I believe in the second movie, they didn't just sell the dinosaurs. They were also selling the technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that some companies are probably going to clone dinosaurs for their own purposes, but again, like, why are there ones just running out in the wild? Mm-hmm. And if they do the whole militarized raptor thing, oh, I no, no. don't. If this is turning into dino dystopia, <laughs> I don't know. How, I, don't, uh, I don't know. You're gonna, we're going to get... We're going to cl- get clones of Dr. Wu. Like, <laughs> he's going to clone himself. Yeah, are they going to play more into that human cloning thing? Because yeah. they made that a big deal in the second movie. And, and it, it was implied it's going to be a huge part of the third one. Yeah, so, so uh, we're going to get that scene from the first one where he's like, hello, John. Hello, John. They're going to clone Richard Attenborough and like do a deep fake. Are they going to put oh, his face, CGI his face on some other actor? Yeah, they're going to they Tarkin him. Yeah, they're going to be like, oh, there you are, John Hammond. We've, we've needed you. And he's like, oh, hello, I'm back. <laughs> it's going in a weird direction. Just yeah. Hard going in a weird direction it's it doesn't feel like jurassic park anymore yeah and if and if you're like well what do you what were they supposed to do they're just gonna stay on an island the whole time well i i guess you could try some creative way or of doing that or you can just stop the franchise yeah (laughs) which i know is they're not gonna do come on it makes money they're not gonna do that Uh, but uh, but from a creative standpoint maybe maybe there's maybe there's enough story to tell like i was telling you this before but like universal has such a long and varied history of movies like they've they mm-hmm. started with like you know the monster verse with like frankenstein dracula the mummy all that stuff in like the yeah, 30s yeah. and 40s and stuff um and then as they went on you know they had these one-offs they had like certain like fun movies um they remade some stuff uh and over time you know with hollywood tentpole movies being so prevalent and making so much money they're like okay these movies are good but how do we capitalize on the middle America audience and make these movies billions of dollars? So Disney felt the same way. And, you know, Disney built up this whole, these whole franchises to make them where they are now. Yeah. And Universal's like, well, we want to be Disney. So they tried making the Dark Universe Cinematic Universe with The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Didn't work out. Totally failed. They had this whole plan that went through the drain and they're still working on it. Um, so that was supposed to be their Marvel. Fast and Furious comes along and is like, hey, we're making billions of dollars every movie. Mm-hmm. And that that is their Marvel, honestly. Like, if anyone ch- says otherwise, watch Hobbs and Shaw. Literally, they're superheroes with cars. That's all Fast and Furious is. Hobbs and Shaw is about two superheroes that fight a superhero that's... The dude literally calls himself Black Spider-Man. Idris Elba says, I'm Black... Like, not Spider-Man, Black Superman. He literally calls himself Black yeah. Superman. He's a superhero. So you can't deny that these are superheroes yeah, in cars. Yeah. And, and, and those are the kind of movies where I have no problem suspending my disbelief. Totally, Because it's yeah. not trying to be realistic. It's not trying to be... It's just trying to be cool. It's the rule yeah. of cool for everything. And that's perfectly fine. Yes. But it feels like that's what they're doing to Jurassic World. And Jurassic and, uh, is their Star Wars. If, if yeah. Fast and Furious is Universal's Marvel, then Jurassic is Universal's Star Wars. And it's because these, you know, like, the, each movie they're trying to make go in a different direction than the originals were set forth from. Yeah. And... Oh my god, yeah. I've never hated a movie a lot more than I have Jurassic... Surprisingly, it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And now that looking back on Jurassic World, the first one, I'm like, okay, I actually kind of... There's a lot of things I don't like about this movie, too, because of the fact that it leads into something more that I didn't like as well. And it's disappointing, but my only hope for the third movie is that everyone realizes that these dinosaurs are invasive species, 
and they try to like move them all to the sanctuary that the guy mentioned in the second one uh, the second Jurassic World movie which I don't know if he was being honest or not if there really is a sanctuary island but if they're if they've if, just go to Isla Nublar or I'm sorry Isla Sorna and just put them all there I don't yeah. know <laughs> and, and, and then Jeff Goldblum has a line at the end where he's talking about like uh, uh, if we're not careful like they were here before us and if we're not careful they'll be here after us so what is he implying that Dinosaurs are going to take over the world. Post-apocalyptic dinosaurs. Because again, it's like they're animals. They're they're not aliens. They're not zombies. Uh, they're literally just big animals. They're not trying like, to invade the earth. They're, yeah, <laughs> they're just what, trying what to are, live. What are people expecting? Like yeah. the entire world is devastated because there's too many dinosaurs running about. Like okay. someone would do something about it before it got to that point, right? Now that you mention it, I think I know what the third movie is going to be about, and I know there's going to be a fourth one because, of course. So the third movie is probably going to be about people trying to deal with dinosaurs and now that these companies have the ability to make them which is like what like 3d printing right everyone can buy a 3d printer now they quote unquote 3d print these dinosaurs make too many of them and the fourth movie will be about a post-apocalyptic world full of dinosaurs i kid you not that's probably what it's gonna happen i i feel like they're building (laughs) again i don't know if that'll be the case but i'm i'm sure they're building up to post-apocalyptic dino world Uh. and then after that where do you go from there once you hit apocalypse how do you how do you recover from that? You know, zombie dinosaurs. So yeah, vampire dinosaurs. Oh god, robo dinosaurs space from dinosaurs. space. Yeah, there you Bro. go. Robo zombie <laughs> cyborg dinosaurs from space. They're, they're gonna pull a campy Godzilla movie. The only way to to beat them is to be them, and they make a mecha dinosaur. Oh no, they're, they no, fight. they're gonna do the dino human hybrids. Oh no, uh, and that it's just, oh. and it's just gonna be that sitcom dinosaurs. <laughs> no, no, please, uh, no. What, do you remember? Um, what was it? Jurassic Park Chaos Theory. Oh, what was it called? Chaos. Something like that. Yeah, like you can have like, like they basically combine two dinosaurs and these action figures. That's mm-hmm. probably what the third and fourth movies are going to be about. Like combining dinosaurs. Like even though these, because yeah. it seems like there's a, a trend with the first two Jurassic's, Jurassic World movies where it's like genetic tampering. And yeah. I feel like this is where it's going to go from now on. It's just going to be a bunch of genetic tampering. It's just going to jump the shark or jump the the mosasaur yeah <laughs> you know? there you go it's and then like like the mosasaurus is out there but there's only one of it yeah i mean i guess they could be like it it produces asexually which uh, some of the dinosaurs it's do Jesus. apparently so it's just like uh, those just gonna be roaming around everywhere killing all the wildlife in the ocean mm. like I, I, I don't know well you and i are still gonna watch the third movie no matter what and we're going to yep. judge it hard. Yep. And we're going to yep. talk about it. And we're going to get angry at it. Like, I <laughs> I am 99% sure it's just, we're not going to like it. Like, I'm ready, I, I'm 99% yeah. sure it's going to follow the same direction as Fallen Kingdom. It's going to be, uh, it's just going to be frustrating. If the third movie is anything like this short film, then I know I'm not going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't care about people living with dinosaurs. Like, it's, it's a cool thought. Like, it's like those children's books you get from the library. What if we lived with dinosaurs? You remember that book from the library? There's, like, a cartoon book, and yeah, then it's like, what if we had, like, dinosaurs? Yeah, like, I'm like I'm a... I care a lot about narrative. Like, I, I, I believe that any story can go in a weird direction as long as it's executed well, like, it's mm-hmm. well told. And I feel like maybe there is some really interesting way for them to make this work, a world filled with dinosaurs work, but I feel like they're not going to execute it well. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Like if they made it like, oh well, this bio terrorist organization stole the technology, and they're deliberately releasing dinosaurs into the wild to create anarchy or something like that. I'm like, okay, that makes more sense, and that makes more sense. To, like they're covering their tracks, so no one can find out who they are and why they're doing this. But it's if it's literally just, 
some dinosaurs got out, and for some reason the government didn't do anything about it, and some other corporations are making dinosaurs and they're getting loose. It just seems like lazy writing. I think the government's going to sue the Lockwood estate because they're the ones that brought them illegally to California and then released them. And then if they don't, then why not? Yeah. <laughs> like, there has to be some better... Oh, there has to be better writing, is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Like, like <laughs> I feel... Again, I feel like any story can work, but you just have to execute it properly. And I feel like yeah. the Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, like, it was just not executed really well. Yeah. No, agreed. All right. Final thing about this. Uh, what do you think the third movie is going to be called? Jurassic World what? It's going to have a subtitle. Uh, I don't know. Jurassic World Dawn World? of the Planet of the Dinosaurs. <laughs> um, it's got to be like Jurassic World Prehistoric Sunrise. Jurassic World De-Extinction. That's a good one. Uh, uh, Jurassic World World. How about that? Co- Jurassic, Jurassic World colon World. <laughs> Jurassic World World. J- JWW. Jurassic World colon Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> That's not confusing at all. <laughs> yeah, like, wait, what? what? Uh, <laughs> Jurassic World subtitle Jurassic World. <laughs> Jurassic World the third Jurassic movie. World life finds a way. Oh, that's that's actually you know what some marketing person just just came. That's that's <laughs> that's going to be that's actually probably something they considered to be yeah. honest. Jurassic World uh uh life uh, finds a way. Yeah, okay, that has to be that. <laughs> or it has to be like Jurassic World. <laughs> okay, Jeff Goldblum better be in this movie otherwise it has no saving grace. I want to see I, I like Chris Pratt. I like right. Bryce Dallas Howard. Fine, whatever, but they they've been in other stuff. Whatever. <laughs> I want to you know? see I want to see Jeff Goldblum cuz like, you know, he he's a busy guy. He's doing Marvel stuff. He's doing his own like, you know, this little documentary show. Sam Neill, what's he doing? He could be on there. You know, he's not doing anything. He's just making wine in New Zealand. Yeah, he, he can be old man Alan yeah. Grant. You know, he's, he, he looks good in the beard. Yeah. Laura Dern, she, she's not in Star Wars anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's she, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so she, she could be in Jurassic Park again, right? Yeah, bring, bring, bring everybody back. Bring Kelly back from, from two. <laughs> she's even acting anymore. She's growing up. You know what? Know? Bring Timmy back. <laughs> bring Lex back. Yeah, bring them back. They, they the made a cameo in the second movie. Bring them back. <laughs> bring bring the lawyer back. Do you have him have robot legs? <laughs> 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 it's okay. They could do that. See? No, wait, wait, wait. Isn't it the opposite? I think his upper half got oh. eaten, so he's just legs. <laughs> or they could just genetically make him somehow or but, something. Uh, yeah, bring, bring it. Might as well. Look, <laughs> if they're going to go campy with this, go full camp. You know what? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to screw this up, go full camp. You know, <laughs> Bring the goat back. I don't care. <laughs> Like uh, Steven Spielberg looks at the script. He looks at Colin Trevorrow. He looks back at the script. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> if, if you're going to fuck, never, never half-ass something. If you're going to fuck something up, fully fuck it up. Yeah, full ass it. Yeah, full ass it. <laughs> there you go. It's like, <laughs> throw in the robot dinosaurs, you know, mecha dino. Just have people riding dinosaurs and fighting each other. I don't care at this point. Get, just, get, Get Ray back with one arm. You gotta get you get Nedry back. Get Muldoon back. Yeah, yeah, and you can bring them back. You know why? Because they established that you can clone humans. Yeah, exactly. I was saying yeah, you can br- clone bring, them. All. Bring John Hammond back. You know, bring yeah, bring the lawyer back. You know, all clones. Everyone knows gonna be a clone. Fuck it. Everyone's gonna be a clone. <laughs> just, just, just dystopian future yeah, where yeah. the only humans that exist are clones and dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm I'm like them, and she presses the button. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, damn it. Two hundred two hundred years in the future, but you know what? We had cloning, and so we cloned Chris Pratt. So this is clone Chris Pratt. 
<laughs> and it, it takes place in the future where there's there's the devastated dino dystopia. Oh man, this is gonna turn to Resident Evil. <laughs> it's basically. <laughs> it's, oh no. Basically, it's Resident Evil. Chris Pratt goes into Doctor Who's secret lab and he just sees a clone of himself like yeah, naked in, in a Resident tube. Resident Evil, the, the main girl Alice, I think she's a clone too. Yeah, she is a clone. Yeah, and so, there's, there are clones of her. <laughs> yeah. So so it's just like, well, no one ever dies because we just clone them and there's just di- infinite dinosaurs. Yeah. This is uh. Ugh. So yeah. So we only know that it's gonna go downhill from here. And if yeah. they, if it's going to go downhill, you might as well go out with a bang. Yep. Anyways, yeah, that that's that's been the podcast. Anything else, Jordan? Uh, that's it for me. Cool. All right. So if you want to send us a comment, go to www.downtime.live. Click on the section that says contact. You, it'll take you to a form, fill it out. That'll go directly to our email, and you can send us a comment question there. Um, you can send us a comment or question the old-fashioned way by going by going to contact at downtime.live. Um, send us an email. We'd love to read it. We'll read it on the podcast. Um, if you want to join our Discord, where we talk about everything from video games to anime to Terrace House to if you want to talk Jurassic, we're, we're going to be there. Um, you can go to the website and click on the left-hand side where it says community. Click on the word community. Um, and it'll take you to a direct link to join our Discord. Uh, if you want to leave us a review on Apple uh, Music slash Apple Podcasts, iTunes, you can do so. Uh, we'll read it on the podcast. Leave us a comment on anywhere that this podcast is hosted. YouTube, Stitcher, Podbean, anywhere. We'll read it on the podcast. Uh, yeah, that's it. Any closing words, Jordan, before we go? That You love Jurassic World? Yeah. <laughs> Life will find a way. Ah, very fitting. All right, everyone. This is. I do not endorse your park. (laughs) Even better. I I have decided not to endorse your park. Perfect. You just hop in the Jeep and just drive away, fly out of the helicopter. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the 119th episode of Downtime Podcast. Have a good night. Night.